This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Welcome into the Daily Score. We have a lot to discuss on this show because there has been a big interruption on the north side of the city where the Chicago Cubs reside, and that is David Ross fired as the manager of the Cubs and Craig Council, yes, Craig Council, now former Milwaukee Brewers manager, is the new manager of the Chicago Cubs. We're going to talk about that in a second. And we are going to start the podcast talking about the Bears today. And for that, and for the Cubs talk, for that matter, we bring in my colleague from 670thescore.com. He is the one and only Chris Emma, one and only because he is the one and only guest that this show has ever had. And Chris, we reviewed the film. It was good enough for you to make, I think, what is this, your third appearance on the Daily Score? Yeah, but plus I filled in for you too, so it's an honor to be here. Uh, I'm well, yeah. not anybody better yet, but I'm uh, I'm honored nonetheless. That's right, man. You did a few days for me, and I appreciated right. that. And everybody said you did a good job, so that's a good thing, man. Let's start with I think topic number one is as a lot of his career has been is Justin Fields. You know, we we just we had another Tyson Bajan game, and we could talk about more on Bajan as well. But here it is. Justin Fields now day-to-day for this Thursday's game against Carolina. My gut, Chris, is that Justin Fields is not going to play Thursday. But what is your gut feeling about Justin Fields as far as his status? I'll go the other way. My gut is that he does play. Uh, I I was expecting to hear definitively, yes, Justin will be back. He will start Thursday night. Um, but obviously, they're not quite there yet. I think it's probably a little bit of gamesmanship, quite frankly. Not the fact that he's limited in practice. We know these are estimated injury reports as it is. Um, it's not like they're doing full-go practices anyways. But um, I think there's still probably some hurdles to clear. They want to see how he does in terms of the grip strength, in terms of whether there's any kind of pain tolerance he's still dealing with, how he gets through the week. They don't have to make this decision yet. They could have if they so chose. Um, I think by the end of the week, by the end of the, the football week, which in this case is Wednesday, we will be hearing Justin Fields is going to make his return three games out. Tyson Bajan stepped in. I think it's Justin Fields' turn to jump right back into the mix. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's time for him to jump back into the mix. I ju- There's just a few things as to why I, I think he's not going to play. I think the short week, it's a weird week. And then, honestly, and this is just my gut, man, I mean, because that's what we're talking about here. 
on Friday, he throws for the first time. And, and, and if they're being honest about it, I mean, you have to take that into consideration that that is the first time that he has thrown a football in a couple of weeks. And the fact that he said that he has he can't make all the throws, that he has to feel confident that he can make all the throws. And I think at that point, he was not able to do that. That doesn't mean that he can't recover between then and now. So that that's where I'm coming from on that. But we'll see um, how it shakes down. I hope that you're right. I hope that Fields is playing because I think, and this leads me you know, quickly into Tyson Bajan, Chris, I think that while I still can't predict what – what his future Tyson Bajan's future is going to be. I know that the bears don't have time to deal with him as a developmental potential starter project. Yeah. He's a terrific story. It's been wonderful to tell. And it's been a good diversion from a, a team that's frankly just struggled throughout the season once again. But look, I, I think you kind of understand what he is and what he is. And I don't think there's a lot of mystery in terms of Tyson Bajan. Like, He's a good backup. He's somebody I think who has a, a career in this league as a backup. And, you know, he, he could be in this league for five, ten years even as that guy who steps in. Puts in a lot of work to understand the system. You, you've seen the confidence. You understand. He, he knows where his progressions are. He handles himself really well in that role. But he's just limited in terms of the arm talent and the ability to, to elevate a team. And we kind of saw that exposed in that loss down in the Superdome. You know, it he can sustain drives to some point, then there'll be a mistake and a misfire. It's just the, the kind of throws you don't get away with unless you have that that kind of arm talent. Um, this season's all about Justin Fields. Like Tyson Bajan, like I said, it's a great story. It's been it's been wonderful to have this around. But like the Bears need to know if Justin Fields is the guy or not. That's mm -hmm. the most important part of this season, regardless of record for the Bears. Right now, you're looking at eight games. If he's able to come back on Thursday, left for Justin Fields to make that kind of definitive impression and for Ryan Poles to really decide, am I going forward with Justin Fields or am I looking to make that move? Um, it's important to get him back out there. There was never a quarterback controversy. The Bears have made that clear. I think everybody around the team kind of understands that as well. It, if it's Thursday or whether it's that following week, that Sunday game in Detroit, it doesn't feel time to get back in the mix. Yeah, I, I agree with just about everything you said. I mean, it really – if you want to even simplify it, the Bears don't have time to mess around right now with something, with a project like Tyson Banger. They just don't. They don't have the luxury of it, of rolling the dice. If this was a different scenario, maybe you would say, yeah, give him a couple of rolls to see what we got in Tyson Banger. But you just can't do that when you're still trying to figure out what you got with the guy who does have real traits, and that's Justin Fields. And I look, I don't know if Justin Fields is going to make it long term with the Bears. I tend to doubt it. But there's still a few things that I want to see in these remaining games, and that's why. And I can't, I can't get over. I still am not over the back-to-back -back weeks, the Denver game, and the one that they won against Washington. So I want to see if there's anything left to that before I say, um, you know, one way or the other on Justin Fields. But you know the way I'm leaning. Let's do one more Bears thing, Emma, before we talk about what's gone down with the Chicago Cubs and something that you and I were both interested in, and something I think that you wrote about, and that's Darnell Mooney. We asked him today about, you know, his future with the Bears because he's sort of the forgotten man and all the extension talk and the extensions that have been given. Darnell Mooney is out of contract after this year as well. But one of the things about Mooney is, is that he has been so calm about it. Um, he has enough confidence to feel like he's going to get paid somewhere. So he just doesn't obsess over it. Beyond that, though, Chris, what do you think? the possibilities are for Darnell Mooney, either with the Bears or somewhere else. 
you know, for my seat in Hallis Hall, I was geared up and ready for that last question. And then Grody, my teammate, my guy steps in and he jumped in on that last question on me. And yeah. it happened to be the exact same question I was going to totally, ask. So, you totally would have asked it better. I know. I uh, know. No, you did a great job, buddy. But look, it's it's an interesting dynamic because the three key guys in that 2020 draft class, it's the two second rounders and Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson. And then Mooney, who's really exceeded expectations throughout his career as a fifth round pick. Jalen Johnson's going to get paid, I believe, at some point soon. Uh, Cole Komet has gotten paid already. Four years, $50 million. He's really exceeded that deal. Darnell Mooney's the guy who you bunch him into that three and you say, where's his deal? Why hasn't this come to fruition? I thought that might be the easiest one to get done of those three. Like Ryan Poles has spoken glowingly about him. Um, Obviously, the injury complicated it, right? He wasn't quite at full strength getting into this season. Really got clear, like right before the season started, there was the ramp up. Uh, it's been up and down for production, but I still expected this deal would get done. I appreciate a guy, and consider that position too, the wide receivers where you get egos, you get divas, you guys get you get guys who are confident and want the football. We just saw one of those get traded away a month ago in Chase Claypool. Like, I love the fact that Darnell Mooney's like, look, it's okay. Uh, it's better to be chilled, to sit back, to wait for my opportunity. Um, that's both in terms of getting the football and getting the contract extension. Like He understands he's willing to be patient despite coming off a really ugly injury last November and then having to deal with this long offseason rehab. I appreciate that he's got a great head on his shoulders, and he's not fretting this. He's not in that position that you know a guy like Claypool was where he was saying, I'm not being put in position to be successful. Like Moody's been a, a great teammate through this. He's had, I mean, you just, you got to love the way that he's handled himself personally through what's been probably a difficult and frustrating process. And you'd like to think that deal gets done. I don't know if it does before the offseason. I do think he's going to be back with the Bears in some form, but I think it's probably a new deal in March more so than an extension. We'll see. Maybe it escalates, especially if you do get that Jalen Johnson deal done and those two sides do come together. You got the Montez Sweat deal done now. Obviously, as we talked about, Cole Komet done in July. So, Maybe you just got to check all those boxes before you move to Darnell Mooney, but we'll see how that plays out. It's really interesting to follow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and he then for the record, for whatever it's worth, and I know that that people watching and listening right now have heard this before, um, you know, for any of the respective teams that they are fans of. But Mooney did say he wanted to be here. He loves Chicago. He spoke glowingly of the facility. So it does appear that he he wants to be here, but the guy has to be respected. And he's not like as as has much humility as he has. He's also a very confident man. He probably has a good idea of what he thinks he's worth. Um, we're going to shift now to the Cubs because there was a blockbuster managerial move made today by the Cubs. Two blockbuster moves, actually. The firing of David Ross and the subsequent hiring of Milwaukee manager Craig Council. This one was a shocker, Chris. What did you think? I mean, it's yeah, it certainly caught everybody off guard. I I'll be honest though, I don't know if I was as shocked as like as 
I don't think I was completely shocked by this or blindsided. Like the way that this season ended for the Cubs, it, it was hard to to make a case for the Cubs not to look for somebody like Craig Council in this spot. Like mm-hmm. it, it, you feel for David Ross, it, it's a really tough situation. It's had kind of this tough four year run where you start with the COVID season in twenty, and then the the sell off in twenty one, and try to work with the lean roster get this group up to speed. But look, this team should have been in the playoffs, and you saw. The Diamondbacks, you saw the Rangers, a couple wild card teams that make these runs to the World Series. Like the Cubs wanted to have that opportunity. Uh, there is blame for the manager. It's it's a move that shows the Cubs' intentions on being that full swing contender next year, really being serious about making that jump. The fact that coming up short this year is unacceptable for them, and they made this statement now. It's loud and clear. They are disappointed by last year. And they're ready to move forward into a pivotal offseason in which you're going to see, I believe, several key acquisitions. I think you're going to see a team that's on the the poise of really making that run towards being at the top of the NL Central once again. And before Jed Hoyer talk about that next great Cubs team, that wasn't just players. That wasn't just roster turnover. This is an opportunity to turn over at the managerial spot and get a guy who's considered one of the best, if not the best managers and tacticians in baseball. It's a great move for the Cubs. Uh, it's obviously difficult and awkward circumstances. I got my Game 7 scorecard signed by the legend Hall of Famer Pat Hughes behind me here. And David Ross's name is on there. He had a home run in Game 7. He's a hero for this franchise. He's a member, you know, a guy you're going to really remember for a long time. But you got to make difficult decisions for that next great Cubs team, as Ged Hoyer has said. This is one of those. Yeah, it's complicated. It's ballsy. You know, based on what you're saying, so ballsy of them to do it because they could have allowed for personal feelings to supersede going after the best guy and they didn't do that and we know that this was done once before when Jed was the number two and they brought in Joel Madden and uh, fired Rick Renteria so they have done this before and it has worked before and so hopefully that portends the start of something big now you, you brought up the fact that this could mean that you know, not you're not just paying you're you're not paying this guy eight million dollars a year to not bring in the big horses, and their council had to have had some sort of like, look, I'm not going to leave Milwaukee if I, if you guys aren't going to spend too. So the Cubs are going to spend. The whole build up to this question for you, Emma, is are the Cubs in play for for Shohei Otani now? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think they were before this move, and if David Ross was continuing as the manager, but. I think it becomes more real now when you see, okay, this is a true commitment, $8 million a year for a manager, like saying something that this is not just the financials, but the fact that you, as we talked about, you threw aside a guy who was a franchise icon in a way and bring in a, a figure like Craig Council, who you believe he can be that difference maker from the managerial seat. I think it becomes more real. Um, now, obviously there's a lot that goes into this decision. It's not just a financial thing for the Cubs and Otani. Like, you got to lure this guy in with a lot of different factors. Cody Bellinger's in play. I do believe they're going to make an aggressive run at a trade for Pete Alonso. Uh, some starting and, and relief stability add to that group as well and really fortify what's a good young pitching staff. So a lot of ways this team can get better now. But the Juan Soto trade is also the possibility, right? We had our Cali Bruce Levine say the Cubs are going to be involved in bidding for Juan Soto. Like, I think there's a major splash that comes this offseason, whether that is Otani Soto. However it plays out, the Cubs have made their mark and said, we're going to make this big run. Pretty amazing. I mean, it is, it is always, it never ceases to amaze me how 
the, how fast the public perception of a franchise, any of our teams changes when these blockbuster moves are made. And like, I think about like when the bears brought in Khalil Mack, the bears, you know, Ryan Pace goes from basically fired to my God. And I think he was actually the, the, the GM of the year that year, whatever they call mm -hmm. it. Um, and then, you know, something like this, where the Cubs choked, they did. They choked down the stretch of this past season. And I know some people looked at it as dessert because the, the of the way they started the year, but they choked. And now this move restores the faith. They still got to, they definitely have to follow through and they still have to win. And council's going to have a ton of pressure on him, Emma. But this, the for public perception and getting everybody back on board that maybe left after this core was broken up, this is the biggest move so far in the in the Jed Hoyer regime in terms of what it says. Yeah, look, I, I think you can make an argument of two different things that both can be true. Is that one, the Cubs don't have the success they do and have a winning record and rebound late in the season without the leadership of David Ross. What mm -hmm. he brought to this group, allowing young players to develop, allowing this new core to come together and find success. I don't think that happens without David Ross. I think the other thing that's true is the Cubs may have made a deeper run to, in uh, or September into October and had an opportunity to be a playoff team. If it wasn't for some managerial decisions that deserve questioning. And David Ross is an excellent leader, I believe, but he's a, a flawed tactician. And we've seen examples of that. Craig Council is both an excellent leader and an excellent tactician. Like, he's proven himself. He's that guy. Uh, he's done it with a Milwaukee team that's not had that major roster. And he's made the most of, of teams uh, that have not really been in position before his before he put his touch and his stamp on this group. Like, he's great with lineups. He's great with pitching staffs. He's great with in-game decisions. And you've seen an examples of it in just the few Cubs games against the Brewers, about 19 a year, whatever it is. Like, mm -hmm. you see Craig Council's mark on this team. You got a guy who's going to be able to really put this roster over the top. Whatever that roster looks like, you got a manager who knows what he's doing in this spot and is really going to get the most out of this club. It's so huge. I love it. I love it. And, uh, look, I like you, I, I got a sweet spot for David Ross. I mean, why, why wouldn't all Cubs fans do? I got to know him a little bit when I was doing pre and post and he, and he, he's not going to go down as a bad Cubs manager by any means. And I, and, and there's probably people who still wholly support the, the work that he did as the Cubs manager, but, um, but that's, I mean, they, they have moved on to bigger and better and that is a good thing. Chris, I've gone overtime and I understand that if I keep you on for another 36 seconds, I got to pay you an extra 50 bucks. So, and I just, sure. I don't have, you know what I'm saying? So I got to let you go, buddy. I'll take Starbucks tomorrow instead. That's fine. <laughs> that sounds good. He is Chris Emma. You should follow him on Twitter right now. What's your Twitter handle again? FTM670. That's right. He is always writing stories just about every day on the Bears. I'm sure he might even write. Are you going to write something about the Cubs or no? You're staying out of Cubs business? No, I will have a Cubs column. I will have a Cubs reaction column coming. There it is. Chris Emma will have it, 670thescore.com. Thank you, Emma. That's it for the Daily Score today. For Ray Diaz, our executive producer, I am Mark Rohde, and I will talk to you tomorrow.